a new creation. This vigil, as you can already tell, is very experiential. The same God who gave us bodies wants to communicate to us through them. And so we began outside in the darkness, as it was in the beginning, in the formlessness. And then God, who is a God of order, made order and forms and creation over many, many years. Now we, science tells us, you know, 13.7 billion years of this slow, gradual growth and development. God himself, who's outside of creation, didn't have to create, but as 1 John 4 tells us, God is love. And Thomas Aquinas tells us, love is diffusive of itself, meaning love seeks to give itself away. Love seeks to expand, to share, to bless others. And so God gave, God loved creation into existence. And he created beings, creatures, who could experience what it is to also give ourselves away in love, that we were created, we are created in the image and likeness of God through and through in our, our minds, our souls, our bodies, male and female, that we can, we can image coming together the communion of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Why would God do this? Well, God, who himself is a communion of relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, gives us the capacity to enter into relationship with him. And so we heard the story of creation, Adam and Eve, how there was such goodness. That, if you notice, that's the only time that God says, and it was very good. Like, nature's great. You know, a week ago, I was at the bottom of the Grand Canyon, taking it all in. Wondering how if I was going to get out. Um, <laughs> and it was just amazing. And you just, you ponder the mystery of, it's like, of beauty. Like, this is awesome. And as awesome as that is, God says, this is good. Grand Canyon's good. But you, me, he sees as very good. I don't think that message can be proclaimed more enough too much to college students because we're constantly evaluated, criticized, belittled, people put us down to make themselves feel bigger, rejected. But God doesn't feel that way or act that way. God sees who we are as very good, his beloved. But if that's so true, then we, we don't necessarily experience that all the time, do we? But that's where original sin comes into the picture and, and ruptures that relationship we have with God. Now we say, I, I don't know if there's a God. I've never seen God. He's never revealed himself to me. I've never heard his voice. And we experience brokenness in relationships, especially in our families. I'll be the first to volunteer for that one. And, and that, that, that hurt 
tells me I wasn't made for this hurt. I was made for relationship. And I want, I yearn for relationship to be healed and restored. That, that's, that's written into us. That's hope of God's plan to heal and redeem all things. And maybe we've lost hope with that, even in our own families. But God has a plan to redeem all things. And so God gives us this creation. And now we're fallen. We don't see so clearly. We walk wounded. We feel weak. But God does not give up on us. That our, our readings we hear today speak of encouragement. That God spurs us on. That God reaches out again and again. And he says, I have not forgotten you. And in the fullness of time, he sends us a redeemer. That Jesus reveals God's own heart that says, you are not forgotten. You are not a mistake. You're not an accident. But you are intentionally loved into existence. And that as you experience suffering and difficulty, that you do not do that alone. But Jesus chooses to go to the cross so that we would not have to ever experience suffering and loneliness alone, even though we feel alone. And Jesus invites. He says, I want to heal the brokenness you've experienced. I want most especially to heal that relationship, to reconcile you with God. But you don't have to. You don't have to respond to that. And actually, I don't know, college students know all too well the freedom they have. You know, like, like I don't have to go to church. Which makes it so powerful when they do. When people respond, like, I don't have to be here. That's why I love being a college chaplain. Nobody has to be here. Nobody's checking up on them. As, as, for as many parents have asked me for a report a, a card, an attendance <laughs> record, I've yet to give one, and I will not. And, I, and parents are not happy about that. But, but we can only have relationship and freedom. And for students who've come here tonight to receive sacraments, you, you know more than you're here because you want to be. And it's not easy to be Catholic today. Yeah, it, even, uh, yeah, there's, I don't, I don't need to explain that, do I, right? You know, like, and so to stand up and to say, this is more important than what my friends think of me, or even my family thinks of me at times. We're most understood by our families, by the way. That, that's for everyone in our family, right? Um, that's not like students just with parents, but parents with their kids and all that, right? But it's worth it that I need his healing, I need his grace, that he offers me something that I can't get anywhere else. And so he invites us to make a response. And your presence tonight to receive sacraments, that's, you're making your response. You're like, yes, you who give yourself to me, I, I want to receive that, and I, and I respond, here I am. That response we, we make, this is tonight in a definitive, beautiful, significant way, but it's, it's, it's one step, one response among many responses. That is, the Gospel of Luke says, 9.23, to take up our cross and follow the Lord daily. That a a day after day responding to the Lord, 
That's what changes us. That just like creation took 13.7 billion years, you could say, that yours and my growth and changing, it doesn't happen overnight. Even receiving these sacraments tonight, you're not, you're not going to, you will walk out a new person, but yet still the same person. That, that God's grace works differently. That just as he created in the beginning, that now by the grace of his son, he does his new creation. That we're given his divine spirit. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That, that works on us from the inside out. And it, and it makes us into who we are, his sons and daughters. The identity that, that is so disfigured and it's hard to see at times. But his grace through time, as St. Paul says, we see dimly as in a mirror, but then we shall see face to face. That, that by his grace, we, begin, we can see God face to face more and more. We can experience his love. We can be transformed, become more and more like him. And so it might, we might look like the same. This is a really poor analogy, but you know, the outside of the car might look the same, but now we're getting a new engine, new fuel that's going to take us to our destination that we couldn't have gone before. And so the world might see, oh, you're the same, but, I, but, but they do see something different, don't they? Maybe they've already said something to you, like, you're, you're different this year. Something's changed. You, you go into that Newman Center thing, whatever, hanging out with that Father Matt guy, whatever, like, you know. <laughs> that, and, and, and that's the hope, right? That when we, we become like the people we spend time with. And that's not just for the people that we encounter here at the Newman Center, but we become like the ones we spend time with who teach us how to be who we are, sons and daughters of a father who loves us. This past week, a, a movie came out, Father Stu, and I get a royalty every time I mention that, the students know. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I don't. And I think the reason why, I think you should see it, it's pretty, there's a lot of cussing and all that, but you know, just, that's the disclaimer. But I think Mark Wahlberg, I think he likes that movie, or he made that movie, He'd like the story, I should say, because it reflects his own story. We, we kind of know that. Mark Wahlberg is kind of one of those people that floats around in our culture, and we talk about him and stuff like that, and, and his funky bunch. And so, but <laughs> but you, you know some of his story, right? That his, his parents divorced when he was 11. He grew up in a kind of a rough part of town. Um, and by the, time he was or by the time he was 13, he was addicted to cocaine and other drugs. At the age of 16, he was charged with attempted murder. He hit a guy with a stick so hard that he went down unconscious and they didn't know if he was going to live. He was racist. He didn't finish high school. But it was going to prison that, that started to get his attention. To say that just because I've been this person doesn't mean I can't become a new person. It doesn't mean I can't change. Sometimes the hardest people to convince of changing besides ourselves are the people closest to us. They're like, no, 
A tiger doesn't change his stripes. You're going to be the same. But that's not what he thinks. That he, he wants us to be his new creation, to become his saints. And so for, for, for Mark Wahlberg, it was, it was going to prison and encountering a priest at his home parish that kind of helped get his attention and say, is this what you want for your life, bro? And the process has been gradual and is continuing. But when you ask him today, what is the most important thing in his life? He says it's his Catholic faith. And that every morning, the first thing he does when he wakes up is spends about 15 minutes in prayer. And he says, being a good actor or a good producer, that's not going to help me sleep at night or get me into heaven. The most important thing from where I sit is to be a good father, a good husband, and a good human being. A man who helps his fellow man and raises his kids to be good human beings too. Every single aspect of my family life is, is joy. Now, Mark Wahlberg is no saint, and he could fall from grace tomorrow. But that, that could happen to any of us, myself included. That I need Christ and his strength and grace because I don't have the strength on my own. I need his love that changes me from the inside out. And it's not going to happen magically today. I mean, mad, crazy things can happen with God. But the more regular way he works, the more lasting way that he works is slowly over time. It's like a, for people who are married here, that that married love, it builds over time. That after years of saying yes and I love you every day, it gives us some momentum. It changes us. It molds us. And in a similar way, that's what his grace does. And we say yes to it his grace, his love every day, his friendship, that it works on us, changes us. I'd like to share a, a story, um, not true, but illustrative. Um, it's a story of uh, one day, Elon Musk was on his way into his office building, one of many, and he's on his way and he's going in and something happens, God's grace hits him, and he sees these three homeless guys in front. And he's like, I, you know, I'm going to do something. There's a lot of problems out there. I got money. I can do something. And so he, he goes up to the, he you know, brings his entourage with him, and he goes up to those three men, and he says, it's your lucky day. Today, I'm going to make you VPs of my company. Well, Tesla, we'll say. You know, I will make you, you're going to be VPs of my company. You've, here, here, here's some business cards right now. You're VPs. And what I want to do is I want to give you a salary, I want, to, I want to take you up to the 30th floor, and I want to teach you, and I want, to, I want you to join me on my team, and I want you to just be my VPs. You know, we'll work together every day or whatever, and what do you say? And the first guy's like, sure, that sounds okay. The second guy's like, that's great. The third guy says, um, mighty fine offer. Um, I'll take the title, but um, I... I kind of like having my own freedom. I don't want someone to tell me what to do. I don't want to have to get up to a job and for a job and meet somebody else's expectations. Thanks, but no thanks, Mr. Musk, if that's what your name was. Yes, and, uh, and I'll be on my way. And so he, he leaves. Elon Musk says, okay, fine. What about you two? And they're like, all right, we're in. 
So he takes them up to the 30th floor, he gives them an office, and he gives them mentors and people to work with, and he says, I'll see you, to, you know, let me show you around, and tomorrow we'll begin at 8 o'clock, and we go from there. And so the guys do that. They, they're, they're given some, they're actually, now they're, they have money, and they have a place to live, and, and they start going to work, and, and, and after some time, after several months, leading up to a year, um, the second guy, he, he's kind of, you know, he's not always showing up for meetings, he's coming late, and, and so Mr. Musk comes to talk to him and the first guy and says, hey, is everything okay? Like, how, how are we doing with this? And the second guy said, you know, I, I appreciate the offer and I've tried it, you know, it's just a phase, I tried it, you know, but, but now I want to move on to something different. I don't, I don't it's, not, it's not for me. I mean, if it's for you, that's great, but it's not for me. And, and he says, okay, Mr. Musk says to the first guy, do you want to do this? And the first guy says, you know, yeah. Because at first, I, I came and I didn't really understand what was going on. It was like a new language, new culture. And, but the more I came, like, I started learning from these other people and I actually enjoyed it. And, and now I actually, I, I, don't just, I don't just have the title of VP, like, I've become a VP. Like, I, I'm, I'm living it and I'm adding value and, and there's community that I've become what you've given me. And the second guy walks away, and the first guy continues to walk with that company and Elon Musk and stays and grows more and more into who he is a VP. As Catholics, we are given a gift, but it's our cooperation with that gift that makes us into who we are. Does that make sense? It's the difference between Catholics and Protestants, you could say. That a Protestant is, God gives us this incredible gift, but we're still broken sinners underneath. That, um, like Luther says, that we're like snow-covered dung. That we're still just, you know, not good. But when God looks at us, he sees the image of his son, and he's happy because there's kind of like a, a covering, a mask there. We put on Christ. But as Catholics... We recognize that God gives us his grace, including in the Eucharist, his body and blood that we take within us and that we become more and more of who we receive. That this journey we're on, it's not a one night thing. You're not given an identity and it's over. That it's the next step in a journey. And we can walk for a while and you you could be like a lot of Catholics who someday wake up and say, you know, I'm over it. I put in my time. I don't need this. And you're free. The door opens both ways. But for those who desire, this gift can continue to grow and grow. And we can walk in the freedom and goodness of who he created us to be. His sons and daughters with a destination in heaven. And as we live in that relationship and that grace, we don't have to wait till heaven to experience it. We can already experience it here. And as you make this journey, you're not alone. You've got this community for a time, the Newman Center for a time, and then you'll move on to a different community and whatnot, but still the family, the Catholic Church. But you also have your patron saint. Why? What's with Catholics and their saints? It's like... It's like being back in fourth grade, and we all lined up in a line, 
And you always wanted the first pick because you'd pick the first person to be on your team. Your patron saint, you're picking him or her first to be with you on your team. And they want to be picked and they want to walk with you and encourage you and support you. And so we, that's why we, have, we pick patron saints. There's a lot of saints um, and they all want to help and intercede and, for us. But we don't do this alone. That we're given all the tools and support and people that will day by day make us into who we are, his sons and daughters, his new creation.